0: Welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, where I interview health and wellness practitioners across the globe to see what sets them apart. You will find out why they not only teach and talk about health, but how they walk the walk as well. If you ever wanted to see what others are doing on a daily basis to get healthy and be able to implement in your life, then you're in the right place. Also, I'd like to invite you to go over to BareNakedHealthPodcast.com and take your free brain health quiz today to see where the health of your brain lies, and for taking the quiz, you will get a copy of my book for free, The Four Morning Secrets to Perfect Brain Health, shipped to your door. Hey guys, I'm your host, Nick Horowski, and welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, episode number 47. In today's episode, I interview holistic lifestyle coach, Alex Gill, be sure to stick around for the end of the show to find out why health is measured by energy, how to ignite courage, as well as find out Alex's pillars of health. Alrighty, guys, on the line, I have Alex Gill today on the Bare Naked Health podcast. And Alex, first thing that I start off asking everybody is, Tell us about your health journey in 10 sentences or less.
1: Okay, well, um, summarizing, um, I think my health journey started as being always a very active and athletic kid. Always very um, prone to sports, very Excel in PE classes, love to move my body, and that was kind of a gift I was born with because nobody in my family in Brazil was like active or working out. They all just kind of, you know, surviving. And I just had this natural uh, desire to always move my body. So fast forward, I moved to the United States 16, almost actually 20 years ago, and started really surrounding myself with very active people, climbing, skiing, biking, end up in Boulder, Colorado, six, uh, no... Oh my God! Now, 15 years ago, and started getting a little more serious into uh, bike racing, became kind of a competitive athlete, and you know, consider myself. I thought I was healthy, but the the healthy really took off and went to the next level after started studying at the Czech Institute and became a. Holistic Lifestyle Coach Level 1, which is all nutrition, and we've been through this journey uh, together, and that's when I started really learning about food and the function of food and how every single body we eat matters, how calories are different, and um, then I become a much, much healthier person. Then I was really combining the athleticism with the nutrition part and start digging the science of, you know, how our bodies function, what the foods do to us, and that's kind of the summary.
0: Very nice. Very yeah. nice. And where are you? I know uh, you just opened up a new studio recently. Like where where has this taken you? Like where are you right now on your health journey then even?
1: Wow. Um, well, it's 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 an everyday journey and it's eating healthy, having a healthy lifestyle is just like it's it's habitual now. It's nothing hard. There's no part that I'm like, like I need to struggle to be healthy. Uh, Because I think once you experience feeling great, it's like it's not willpower anymore because we all know willpower is not sustainable. It's just in the beginning we have to rely on willpower. But once you experience what feeling great it's like, it's just like natural to be healthy. Uh, But as far as the studio goes... Now I'm like in a kind of a similar place that you are in terms of creating a platform, like the same thing you're doing with the podcast. I'm doing the studio, creating a platform to be able to reach more people. Leading a lot of workshops here, start working on some, um, you know, continue doing my video blogs every week, and then creating some training programs online so I can start reaching people outside this community here. But it's really in the mission. The studio here is it's uh, it's just in the mission of raise more awareness about nutrition, about health lifestyle, about choices we make and how we can change the world because it seems like everybody wants to do something to change the world, right? We know, but we also know that it starts with changing ourselves and then we create an alliance with people like ourselves or are doing together and, and that's how we change the world. So my hope is with each client that comes here to the studio that create transformation in their life, it's my hope and my expectations that they will, they will help somebody else in their family, somebody in their circle of friends to also start transforming. And that way we will have an exponential, you know, number of people living a health lifestyle, create a better connection with the earth, connection with themselves, connection with the food they eat. And that's how we're going to cr- increase this movement.
0: I, I, I love it. I, I, I feel like the, the world changing just as we're talking about this. Oh, this is but it awesome. Is. You
1: know, I just spoke to somebody last night how excited I was about this podcast. Yeah. I said, so, you know, as him and I would speak, we are creating changes because just the vibration of our words, or intention, the embodiment that we, you know, we walk this talk, we talk this walk. And there's no doubt that just by us talking here is creating changes. And that's pretty cool when you understand that.
0: And Alex, I absolutely agree with you because that's that's one of my passions behind like doing this is it's, it's yes, it's it's for myself to an extent because I want to learn from all of, like from people like you. I mean, just everybody out there changing the world, but I also want that energy, just that vibration to yeah. carry on because uh, like <laughs> I'm getting goosebumps just as we're talking we're about both it right are, now. We're both high, right? right. right. We're high. <laughs> and so that's just what makes it fun. But okay, so one of the things you, you said like, health is not so much a struggle now but i'm guessing like there have been points that you've had that have really struggled with your health like are there any or what are those biggest things that you have struggled with uh overcoming in the past as far as on that health journey
1: overcoming the past i I can say i was definitely a a little uh, a little addicted to carbohydrates i always loved to my breads my pastries my cakes so I would say that was something in the past that I uh, I didn't even know. Just like a lot of people are addicted to carbohydrates, to refine sugar in flours they don't even know. So I think that was a struggle for me. But I didn't even know it was until I actually started learning more about how that was not healthy for me, and I start cutting. But for me, because I'm a very disciplined person, really helped me to learn about. And once I start learning, you know, the impact of those foods in my body, it was a little bit of struggle, but it wasn't that hard to just cut in. And now it's just not an issue anymore. But I would say, you know, if you ask anything about if there's any part still that is sticky for me, it can be sometimes my red wine. I'm a big red wine lover. I love gourmet food and I love fine wines. So definitely sometimes during the week I catch myself like have to, you know, really apply my discipline muscle and say, no, you know, tonight you don't even touch that or tonight you just have a half glass of wine while you're cooking your food and stop right there. So that's the only part that if I don't watch myself, it's easy to have a couple glasses of wine in the evening and I know that it won't serve me you know, and that's all about like, what is the outcome I'm looking for? So that really helps me to like, no, you know, I think I'm, I'm good. I can stop here right now. So that would be a spot. And sometimes with dark chocolate, I love chocolate. So I have to remove the chocolate physically away from my view. So I don't eat more than my body really needs, you know?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Now, so, all right. Uh, I, I've talked with a few people in like when I, I'll ask people like, what's your biggest vice? And like, sometimes they'll say like, Oh, I love the red wine. So what is, what is your favorite type of red wine then?
1: Oh my God. I'm really, I love fine French wines and Italian wines. I love Pinot Noirs from California. I just love the, I love smooth and at the same time, full body wines and depends on the season. Like winter here in Colorado is cold. I love a great Cabernet, um, with a, Beautiful piece of grass-fed steak, and, and I was going to
0: ask you, what do you like to pair it with? Because you, you said you like the you like the gourmet like, food. Like, know, what's it going to be with here? Here in
1: Colorado, we have great lamb,
0: yeah. and we
1: have an abundant amount of grass-fed beef around her, us here. So that's the best pair in the winter time, or a nice lamb stew that just cooked all day in the crock pot, and it's just you know, it's also a little reward, a little celebration. To me, drinking is celebration. It's like I celebrate the end of a successful day with clients, you know, with a great meal and a glass of wine. So to me, that's kind of self-love, but it can definitely go more than self-love and go more into indulgence. So it's just a need to watch that part. That would be my advice.
0: Now, are there any other or what other types of things do you participate in that are self-love that you see for yourself?
1: that i participate where
0: like just for yourself i mean whether it be for movement whether it be for relaxation uh i mean just whatever it may be that is kind of like practicing self-love for yourself
1: oh my god yeah um giving myself a lot of time in the morning before i guess so busy at work so i give myself almost three hours every morning
0: sorry about that we got cut off there for a second Alex was just telling us about the three hours she uh, sets aside for herself Second every morning. morning. Yep. So let's pick up right from there. What, what does that three-hour uh, period look like for yourself?
1: So it's breakfast. I set about 45 minutes to read because I love reading. Uh, it's, it's like one of those daily rituals that it, it, it's it's an essential need for me. So that's the time I read something either spiritual spiritual Or something about success. What were you
0: reading this morning?
1: What I was reading this morning, I read the the Seven Habits of uh, Success by Stephen (gasps) Covey.
0: Absolutely yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's um, I think it's a must for a lot of us who are passionate about (gasps) self development. Um, Yeah, and then I take my dog for about forty minute walk. Then I get ready for work and I I get, I get to work before I see clients. So that's when I do my meditation. So I set apart 11 to 15 minutes every morning from meditation for that time to just set the intention for the day. And it just energized me. So those are all my rituals that I totally consider self love because it helps me to feel great. And you know, when I feel great, I'm going to be fully present with my clients. And I'm going to give the best of me to all my clients. So then other forms of self-love that I practice is definitely making time to exercise. Even if it's just for 20 minutes, I go and I move my body, either with a hard workout or some working movements. And definitely food. I I give myself an hour lunch break every day to just kind of have that pause in the middle of the day, reassess how I feel, eat great food. Get some fresh air and then have a great afternoon. And you know, that those are forms of self-love.
0: And I agree, those are all fantastic. Uh, now do you practice a specific type of meditation or is there anything that you like to do when you are meditating?
1: You know, I, I keep it very simple. I light a candle. I I I'm a big fan of Buddha, although I don't practice Buddhist, but I'm a big fan of that guy. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah. So and
1: I love his images. So it's something that inspires me that just looking at his image calms me down. It gives me that zen state. Um, and then I just sit on the block with my legs crossed and I just do some breathing and I do a check-in. I really is that time meditation for me is that time, like, okay, how am I? What things I'm working on right now, where are my blocks? Where are my struggles? And it's kind of a, a prayer time, you know, to really ask, um, to the spirit, God, angels, whatever you know, whatever works for everybody. It's just you know this force around us, and just ask them for courage, guidance, wisdom, compassion, and and help. Really use that time to open my intuitive side because I love to work with my clients from my intuitive side as well, kind of to tune in and see what they really need. Um, so it's really just a time to check in and, and, and make that intention for the day clear, not just hope for a good day, but make it happen intentionally. Right? And, and, uh, and I noticed that days sometimes I go, I got busy through the holidays and I skip those meditations. It, it, it did affect me. So it's like, again, right. When you experience what it feels like to meditate every single day, you kind of notice what happens also when you don't do it. So it's really, I keep it very simple. I don't, um, I don't complicate it at all.
0: No, Alex, and, and I like that, and I think that's something that people should learn to appreciate. Because you're you're not saying like, oh, you have to like completely quiet your mind. It has to be this like elaborate thing. No, you're you're yeah. kind of just seeing how you're doing. That's that's my interpretation of it, and that's all it has to be. Yep. Like you can let yourself just hey go off on yourself. That's that's what it's about. Like talking about that self love. So it doesn't have to be this very structured practice, but. Yep not for, like I, I i think it's it's still as beneficial to keep it a structured practice as in like a daily practice but it doesn't have to be this elaborate you have to have these mantras no just that hey this is where i'm at today this is how yeah. i'm feeling this is what i want to work on and i i love that i think that's something that people can really uh appreciate especially uh do you find like that your clients like if they're meditating or if they're doing things they're like getting hung up on it and just trying to like Overthink it almost. That's that's what I'll notice sometimes when I'm oh, working. totally.
1: Yeah, they a lot of times they will say they won't do it because they don't know how, and it's like, you know. And for a lot of people, they do need that kind of guided meditation. They need to buy those programs to be guided by somebody. And I'm all far. I think it's great, but I still, my you know, my hope is that they would just be comfortable also in silence, without listening to somebody guiding them into a meditation. Really be able to get to that place, they become present and be honest with themselves. Like, how am I, you know? So it's, it's, that's why it's my, that's why I like to keep it simple. And, uh, it, yeah. It, and then if they're interested, of course, there are other levels. They can go into deeper levels of meditation, of course. But I think, you know, if somebody just starts with a five minutes, they of just breathing, just stopping breathing and kind of be present. That's a very powerful meditation right there.
0: And I absolutely agree on that one. Uh, Now, Alex, I want to talk to you about the Brazilian lifestyle and culture. Like, what is something that the U.S. could learn from the Brazilians as far as health goes?
1: Wow, I think uh, community, you know, they, uh, the Brazilians are very social. They spend a lot of time together. So there's a very strong sense of community with them. They kind of. They, they're able to, to put the problems on the side and be there for each other, to help each other. So that's something I really like about my culture. In terms of food, I don't think there is a, they're very health-oriented. In fact, I I see some uh, I hear some uh, statistics of how, how obesity is growing in Brazil, unfortunately, because it, it's a culture that loves to eat. And unfortunately, the processed food and, you know, GMO foods have have affected Brazil as well, just like has affected us here in America. So I see the growth. But I think one of the healthiest things there is really the, the how families are tied together, how they, they like to keep that connection. One thing is very different from the American culture, you know, like in Brazil, everybody tends kind of to live in the same town, sometimes just across the street from each other. So... Um, so I, I love that and here people tend to just go more apart and not speak for a long period of time and we don't see that happening there much so it's really about people more connected
0: now how how have you implemented that like community that family that connection even in your own life then
1: by uh making sure i keep my friends together like i'm a big fan of Dinner parties at my house, gatherings to me, birthdays are a big excuse for me to get everybody together in the same room. Like this Sunday, I'm throwing like a party here at the studio to bring everybody together. So I take the initiative because I see how easy it's to get disconnected because people get so busy. And the truth is we're all busy. And people kind of start putting on the bottom of their list, you know, spending time with friends and being together. And for me, that's on top of the list. So I make sure I put that out there. I take the initiative, and that inspires them to do the same. And that kind of naturally brings some people together. And so that's how I keep that connection that I learned growing up.
0: Very nice. I, I like that, the community, because it really is lost, I feel like, in the States. Maybe some people have a few close friends, but uh, I noticed that something I do have to work on myself is I have those couple few that I just will stay in touch with, but it's, it's, it's not a large community. And I guess it doesn't necessarily have to be, but I, I love the idea of the dinner party, like bringing it around, like great food, just having a great time together, relaxing, just le- leaving everything at the door and just kind of hanging yeah, out and having Yeah, it's kind of sit
1: around the table and, and, and share, and, and, you know, and, and share our success stories, share our fears, share our concerns. And I think that really brings um, friends closer together. You know, not just talk about this small stuff. So yeah, when I say dinner parts, I really mean like can be four people around the table and we just really connect, just sharing what's going on in our life. And I I get a lot. Those those times really feed my soul.
0: Very nice. That's, yeah, it's a need, awesome. it's an
1: essential need for sure.
0: So Alex, these, these friends then, this these family members, like what do, you, what do your friends and family find that you are world-class at? Like, What do you just stand out above all others? If, if we would ask them, what would they say about you?
1: Definitely my, uh, my drive, my discipline to, my discipline with health, with exercise, um, my determination to make things happen, and my courage and integrity. I think those would be the things that my friends will say about me, you know.
0: Now do you yeah. focus are those things that you'll focus on then in your life as as, as being strengths and really trying to use those uh, for your health and just to help spread that message as well?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I'm all for that, you know, sometimes people think, well we need to work on our weaknesses. Well, yes and no, I think we really need to tap into only what our strengths are and really use that as our pillars to not just improve our life, but use also to help other people to improve their lives. So uh, there are definitely things that I'm constantly checking in you know, on my list, how how am I showing up in my courage? How am I showing up in my discipline? How i am showing up in my integrity? So they're like my values that I live by every day. And I do a check-in for sure.
0: Awesome. What is your dream? Like what is what drives you? What is that passion that you have?
1: God, my my passion is to really, as I'm talking about courage here, right? And discipline is to really ignite that same courage in other people. Because I truly believe that we all the same. We all have courage. We all have discipline. We all have drive. But what I'm seeing a lot of people doing, they're not tapping into that inner power they have. So I have become extremely passionate about do whatever it takes as a coach, as a teacher to inspire those, those my clients or people in general to ignite that inside them so they can like really show up with that courage as well so they can work on their dream, they can pursue their vision because they're stopping themselves for, from, you know, really work on their dream because they don't believe in. also tapping that confidence muscle that in a lot of people is just weak. So I see all these qualities as just muscles in, in the brain and muscles in the mind and it's, it's there. It's like everybody has a biceps, everybody has a back muscle, everybody has that. And they're sometimes weak and they need to be worked. And I see those values like the same thing, like you need to work your courage, you know, like I teach them, these are the things you're going to do every day. That's going to boost the courage in you so you can show up in the way you want to show up in authenticity. So I'm a definite igniter. So my vision is to reach as many people as I can and be that shaker, that igniter and get more people to. Find, you know, what their dream is and be healthy. And uh, because when people are healthy and happy, we change the world. We live in a better world by default. If we all start focusing on our own happiness and health, by default, the world will get better.
0: What, what is your definition of health and happiness?
1: Health to me is like it's measured by your energy, right? So I think our energy is a direct marker of your health or health. So if you get up in the morning, you know, and I'm talking about that, you know, the emotional, the mental, the physical health. So if we really look in a dictionary, what health is, it, it describes itself in a very holistic way already. So we didn't reinvent anything. Um, but it's really like getting up in the morning, have the energy to pursue your, your dreams and go through your day and feel good, have a clear mind engage with people, have the energy to exercise. So to me, being healthy is having high levels of energy. Yeah. And how
0: about happiness then too?
1: So the happiness is about, we learned this a lot with uh, our, our teacher, Paul Czaka, but it's, I, I love his line of creating alignment in our life with our values of who we are. So I think happiness really comes from that place. Like, am I living my values? Am I living my beliefs? Am I showing up to other people the way I want to show up, the way that makes me proud of, you know, who I have become. So I think happiness really comes also from being in a path of doing what we love to do. And that's happening. I think happiness is also, it's not just a path, but it's it's a choice. It doesn't just happen. We make a choice to be happy. And I say choice because we all have those days that, you know, life happens. We might have a heartbreak. We might run out of money. Uh, we might lose somebody we love in our lives. So those moments, it's really like we need to make that choice to find happiness. And that doesn't mean I'm not going to be sad. I'm not going to be down sometimes. It doesn't have anything to do. I think it, it's... Being happy is also allowing ourselves to be sad. So I, I know that can be kind of weird for some people to understand, but having a happy life it doesn't mean I'm not going to allow myself to feel sadness, emotions. It's just, it's more like an attitude, just like you say, you might say have a positive attitude, I say, well, let's have a happiness attitude. So it's truly a choice.
0: That's that's a, an amazing definition, or at least the concept of happiness. Like I never thought of it as a choice before, but you certainly I, I agree with that, like wholeheartedly. Like if, if I don't want to be happy, I I don't have to be, but I, I make that choice to be happy. I I'm kind of blown away by that one. That, that I really like that definition of that. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah, you do make that choice because I'm I'm pretty sure if you're going, you're doing something, and you're not happy you are very you know awake very mindful guy that that moment you ask yourself what's up why am i not happy in that moment you ask yourself because you are making a choice to be happy and you're going to make whatever change you need in your life in order to be happy so we are constantly choosing to be happy
0: that's great absolutely just like we
1: choose to be healthy
0: yes yeah. we, it can be any of those choices can be made yeah. uh, we can make those for ourselves exactly. yeah Now, Alex, you talked about like having that energy in the morning. And I want to talk about sleep then too. Like, what does your sleep practice look like? Do you believe that we have to get eight hours of sleep? I mean, uh, what does your sleep practice even look like?
1: I do believe that we all desire to have seven to eight hours of sleep a night. Yes. And um, I think that belief became even more clear as we learn about all circadian rhythms, how we have physical repair from 10 to two o'clock in the morning. And then from two o'clock in the morning to 6 a.m., we have the mental repair, right? Or what Dr. Eamon calls we wash our brain when we sleep. So I truly believe that we're not getting those seven, eight hours of sleep or systems are not fully recovering. And it might feel sometimes that we are in six hours of sleep, but I think if we do that for a long period of time, it might hurt us at the end. So I am a big believer in seven, eight hours of sleep, especially in the era we live now that is fast paced. We're so connected and engaged all the time. Um, that I think is even more crucial that we get that quiet, that, that those hours sleep. So, My ritual, it's kind of the same. I'm a very ritual type of person. Every night, about 8.30, I lay down in my bed. I turn all the lights off, and um, I read a little more. So I start my day reading, and I end my day reading as well. And usually in the evening, I'll read something a little calmer, like maybe just something um, in the spiritual world, Um, And like in 15 minutes. I turned the light off. So about nine o'clock, I'm like, good night, I'm done. And my alarm goes off around five, five 30 every morning. So I have that peer in the morning that I share with you, you know, a few minutes earlier.
0: Very good. I'm with you on that. Like I'm, I like to be in bed earlier and get up earlier. That's, it seems like you're, you're more on that end. I mean, I know like the, the, the 10 to six is like kind of where those repair mechanisms match up, but I think if you shift that earlier, it's not going to be a bad thing it's either.
1: Not, especially with the seasons, right? So right now it gets dark pretty early in Colorado. So it's easy to be in bed at In the summertime, we'll probably change. We're probably going to be going to bed a little bit later because the sun will go down here until close to 8.30. So I think, you know, we're so influenced by the light. Uh, so I don't believe there is any big change in when you go to bed right. an hour earlier or an hour later.
0: Yeah. And I I agree with that. Like the the seasons, my sleep patterns certainly change with the seasons. Uh, right now it's, it's definitely like we're talking right now. It's dead of winter. I'm in my hibernation mode at night.
1: Where are you again?
0: I'm in Pennsylvania. So same thing. It it gets dark here early. I mean, I'm, I'm ready to pass out. Yeah. Now, Alex, you, you talked about Buddha before. Uh, is there, is there anybody in history that you would have love to have met or or who would you most like to have met uh, along the way? Like they could be uh deceased. They could still be living. Who would that be?
1: God, I think I'd really love to meet Jesus and Buddha.
0: <laughs> Jesus and Buddha. Very nice. I think nice. they're
1: two amazing beings that, you know, set they left their legacy for us in such a beautiful way. And their messages have been, of course, distorted by many other people writing books about them you know you can distort stories from jesus you can distort stories from buddha but if we really get to the essence of who they were and how they really showed up in the world forgetting all the stories are told i mean it's it's pretty amazing so those are those are incredible people too that i would love to meet yeah
0: well who do you think they were who who are they to you or what do they mean to you
1: they are unconditional love. They were, they treat everybody, they were unconditional love. Everybody was the same. Everybody had, you know, especially when it comes to Jesus, he looked at everybody as pure potential. You know, you could be the prostitute or you could be the king and every, he treated everybody the same. So that right there to me, it's like an example to live by. And with Buddha, it's more like that Zen state of like of us being fully present with anything we do. So those two messages to me, they are like if we can just live with those two messages, I think we can live <laughs> our life quite a bit. Uh,
0: I think that would be a be good life. <laughs> becoming
1: present with whatever we do—if we just vacuum in the floor, be present with that. If we're talking to somebody, become fully present with that person, and our life gets very rich just doing that. So talk about energy, that's a way to energize us right there, right? I talk a lot about, I have studied energy a lot and I talk a lot about, you know, energy expansion and things that we do daily to expand our energy because it's easy to do things also that would drain our energy, right? So just be fully present, what we do, it's a a type of uh, energy booster.
0: I agree. Uh, Like, what do you think is something else that somebody could take home? Like, I I agree with like the being fully present, like what is something else that you do? Uh, just to help boost your energy then
1: definitely water water it's a big one pure filter water
0: please expand on that because i don't think people see water and energy like as as one they're not they, that that i i think i have an under I, I at least have an understanding of it for myself but i'd like to know what your understanding of that is and what you mean by that please
1: well what i mean it's to me water it's it's a it's, it's such an easy way to detox our body, to make things just function better. So if we start, I always talk about like, let's start, let's think about what our bodies are made first of all, right? Yeah. Our bodies are made of a lot of water or a lot of liquid. And it's kind of hard for us to envision that. So I like to give more the example, like we are made of, I don't know, trillions of cells. Every single system of our body has cells, which are all these living beings inside our body. And, we need to give those little cells oxygen. So, we talk about breath a lot, and we need to hydrate them, hydrating each system of our body. And that itself creates energy because if we, if our cells are dehydrated or muscles are dehydrated, you know, it's we become stiffer, we become slower. So, I think that's that's the energy component of a lot of water to just flush, nutri, you know, flush toxins that we. Even eating a healthy diet, we still get exposed to. So I think the energy comes from that.
0: Alex, what is your vision for a healthy future then? What do you think that health will look like in 10 years or even a 100 years from now?
1: Well, first, let's get rid of GMO. Let's stop poisoning your food. I think that's, that's what the future is. And it's kind of going backwards, right? Like we need to start going back to how, you know, or grandparents' ate, and you know, there's no poison in the food, and also have an incentive. Like we need to kind of uh, hope, you know, have a government that would encourage local farmers to grow food, and make local, local farming or, or organic food more affordable for everybody. So I think it it, it definitely that would be the path, and um, and get rid of all this sugar that is in every single food that people buy um so make it easier for people to become healthier too you know eliminate all this chemicals and sugar that is it's in every food and uh and just eat grass-fed beef we'd like it should be a time that we don't need to ask is this grass fed it should just be it's just like i like
0: that yeah let
1: to respect what you know the animals in nature and just raise the animals the way they're supposed to. So I think that's that. That's my vision for the future in health. It just, you know, take care of our soil and just let the food. You know, that's let nature take care of it and not not push. Stop poisoning your food. I think that's a number one.
0: Now, how can how can we do that? How can the individual uh, stop the GMOs? How can they? make sure they're getting all the organic food or they make sure that they're just getting, if it's beef, they don't have to clarify what type of beef it would be to get the grass fed, That it's just, no, I want some beef, I want some lamb, whatever it may be.
1: I think as an individual, it's by how we spend our money and it's really about going to the local farmers in each community we can find and go buy straight from our farmers or go to the farmers market if we have here in the winter time we don't have farmers markets, so it's just do my best with local foods, you know, um and really like go straight to the farmer and stop giving money to the corporations. And you know, I I have to say I do shop at Whole Foods, yes, when in the winter time, but in the summertime I I choose to spend a little extra money and buy from the local farmers. And just educate our own friends and family about it. I think it finding a gentle way to tell our friends why are you eating grass fed beef and versus this beef, you know, and kind of gently just explain. So I think educating our our family or community it's a great way to to also strengthen this movement. So one by one.
0: And that's that's exactly it. We can't we can't change everybody else. We can change ourselves and. Making, I think it's voting with those food dollars is the way to do it. I absolutely agree. No, It
1: is. And that's another reason I love having, you know, people coming over to my house because I'm not a gourmet chef or anything. And I make very fresh, very simple food and everybody loves it. So it's like, and then they taking those, you know, recipes to their house and they start to buy grass fed beef. They start making choice. So to me, it's, it's, it's right there it's it's you know it's just finding a gentle way to educate people i
0: think that's really the best form of education too where you said it's hey i'm going to have everybody over this is how we're going to eat and you don't even have to do much explaining beyond that because they're going to taste it they're going to just feel what it's like and yeah. chances are they're just going to love all about it so i think that's probably the best form of education you could give them
1: yeah, let me cook for you. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I, I like that idea. So, Alex, yeah. a couple questions here as, as we're wrapping everything up. Uh, one of the last things I ask everybody is, who would you want to hear on this podcast? And what would you want to ask them? Or what would you want to hear them talk about?
1: God, that's a very good question. Uh, I As I saw this question earlier, I couldn't really think about one person right i mean there are a lot of people out there that inspire me they but they have their mature. they have the podcast i i really love what you're doing right now but I could just interview other coaches like ourselves and and learn about their own struggles learn about their dreams and how they pursue, and how we can work together because we're definitely stronger together um i would love to hear other other people's stories and um Maybe I'd love to see if you can access some athletes as well, you know, like cuz I find a lot of athletes they might look very fit, they might look healthy, but I know athletes have a lot of struggle with health and food and nutrition. So, I think it would be interesting for your audience to to learn that Looking fit doesn't mean you're healthy. So it'd be good to have some some athletes sharing their own personal struggles with, with nutrition, especially. And also share the other side of exercise as well, that it's not that healthy to exercise that much. So I think that would be a, 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 a eye-opener for a lot of people. When they think of health, it's like having a ripped body, a six-pack, which is not. Uh, it's a bonus. We all wanted that, but you know, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a, so I think that would be cool to have some, you know, doesn't have to be the top athlete in the world, but some, you know, maybe, um, you can reach some professional athletes. It'd be cool to interview them.
0: I, and I like those. that. Yeah. Uh, no. And, and because one of the things I was going to ask you is what do you think they would say? But I think you answered that. Like with nutrition, it's the, there's a lot of things out there with nutrition for athletes, but I really like how you touched on the exercise one where it's, yeah, they might be a professional athlete and they're probably over-exercising even at that. there, There's a difference between honing your skill and really yeah. bringing it together versus just going and just pouring everything into it and giving it way too much and actually hampering that improvement of yourself yeah. as an athlete.
1: Yeah, and it could be maybe a richer interview if they were a retired athlete because I think a retired athlete might be more open you know, more honest about their struggles and really like, wow, I did, I was hurting myself and I didn't know. Um, so it could be, uh, could be some interesting interviews with retired athletes. I think.
0: I, I like that. I think I'm going to try and match up, uh, maybe the same sport and find like a current athlete maybe, and then a retired athlete and yeah. see the differences like across a couple different, uh, disciplines to see. Cause I, I like that comparison. You're right. People are going to have a much different perspective uh, yep. While they're still in the game versus after right. they've moved on,
1: right, right, or, or or have some you know some people who have very rigid beliefs about certain ways of eating, like the vegetarian who became a meat eater, right, or the meat eater who became a vegetarian, and kind of understand. So we all like come more from a place of like, let's not judge, let's learn somebody's story first, right? Because there's a lot of like, as you ask one of your questions about. Uh, what I see some some people in the wellness world and the health world doing that, I, I don't particularly like and it's the rigidity they can create and the dogmas they can have about certain things. And like like, and I would like to see less of that. like you know, let's stop saying being vegetarian is wrong, being a vegan is wrong. And let's be more like, well, tell me about it because again, I said, you know, the direct mark of health to me is energy. If you get up and you have the energy to thrive and to show up at your best, then whatever you're doing, it's right for you. It's right for that individual, right? So maybe have more discussions about that and and so we can all understand each other better and have that have more compassion for each other, you know?
0: Excellent, Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Now, Alex, last question to ask everybody. What is the one non-negotiable health habit you have that you never compromise on? But again, before you answer that, we're going to answer that. Everybody has to go check out the show notes at Bare Naked Health Podcast. And how can our listeners find more about you? What are they going to see in those show notes? How can they get a hold of you, find out what workshops, everything that you're up to, about as well as your uh, blog, too?
1: Cool. Just go to my website. It's called Vitali Studio, just as the name of the business, V I T A L E Studio.com. My website's there. There's a place. Uh, for your um, audience to just uh, share their email and they can sign up for my newsletter, for my video blogs. And uh, by doing that, they'll be notified when I have workshops, when I have any online program to offer. And just on my video blogs, they get a lot of free education. I do blogs every single week and I talk about different topics. They're like about 10 minutes long. And I think they can benefit a lot from just watching the video blog. I have a YouTube channel um, and we'll put some information how they can find me on YouTube as well.
0: For sure. I'll make sure all those links are in the show notes for everybody to check out. So Alex, again, thank you so much and have a great day.
1: My pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. And don't forget to go check on your brain health by going over to the BareNakedHealthPodcast.com and taking the free brain quiz. By doing so, you can get a free copy of my book, The Four Morning Secrets to Perfect Brain Health, shipped to your door. Also, please head over to iTunes to give the Bare Naked Health Podcast a positive comment and a five-star rating. This really goes a long way in getting the word out and helping to share the podcast with others.